I do this from time to time during weekday masses, but I've never done it for a weekend mass. I call it the choose your own adventure homily. There are two options of a homily that you can hear tonight. One is the perspective of God or the landowner, and the other one is from the laborers or us. So we're gonna take a vote. So show of hands, who would like to hear the homily on God and the landowner? I'm serious, I need to see hands, okay. And who would like to hear the homily on the laborers or us? Okay, put your hands up so I can see them. Laborers or us? Okay, God and the landowner? Okay, laborers and us. St. Paul, confusing as ever, says this quaint little line that is really brilliant and kind of makes no sense. He says, living is Christ and dying is gain. Why is it brilliant? It's because he takes away by that claim the whole complaint of it's not fair. Whether I live, whether I die, awesome. There's never going to be a point where I say, that's not fair. It's not fair that I'm still alive. It's not fair that I died. To live is Christ, to die is gain. And this idea of not fair is obviously woven all the way through the parable that Jesus tells in the gospel today with the landowner and the laborers. What is taking place with this parable? Right? Normally what would happen is the landowner goes out at the beginning of the day to see all of the laborers that are possible in the marketplace. All landowners would come. They would hire the amount of people that they needed to work in their fields. This is a vineyard owner. And then they would get paid at the end of the day. But in this parable, the landowner doesn't hire his whole crew first thing in the morning so that he can get the most out of his crew. For whatever reason, this landowner goes back three times during the day to hire more laborers. And then when the end of the day comes, he pays each of them the daily wage. Why is this significant? Because they didn't have savings. The daily wage is what they needed at the end of one day to be able to feed their family. Anything less than the daily wage would not be enough to feed their family. And so the landowner is giving to each one who worked his fields enough to eat for the day. But the ones who started at the beginning of the day that had to work the hardest and in the hottest heat grumble against the landowner. It's not fair. They don't like that they had to work longer and harder for the same outcome. They think it's not fair. And from one perspective, they're absolutely right. Shouldn't the amount that I work be the amount that I'm paid? If you went to, when you were working, if you got shorted money for the amount of hours that you worked, would you not go to your employer and say, look, I worked 40 hours, I should get paid this much. But if you do four hours of laundry in a week, do you go to the rest of the people in your house and say, you haven't done enough to make up for the four hours of laundry that I did for you? When 
Somebody mows the lawn. Do they put in their timesheet that I spent an hour and a half mowing the lawn, therefore you owe me an hour and a half of dishes? Why don't we put in a timesheet for all of the work, legitimate work, that we do at home when we live with others? It's because the work there is done out of love. You may or may not love your boss. The work that we do at home is about the relationship with the people that we live with. And so we're not keeping score, we're doing it out of love for them. When we go to work, we're doing it because we need the reward of the money so that we can live. Part of the parable is why are they working in the vineyard? Are they working in the vineyard just to get their reward so that they can go off and do their own thing? Or are they working in the vineyard because this is the landowner? It's God. And just to be in the vineyard is a gift. To be welcomed, to be the one hired and invited into the vineyard is the goal. But still, that might not seem fair. But what's the point of being in the vineyard? It's to be with the landowner. So shouldn't we want everyone to be in the vineyard? No matter at what point they join the work? whether they came from the beginning or whether they came from the end, isn't the goal for all Christians that all Christians and all people are gathered under the roof of God? So where's the need for fairness? Why do we keep score when we're doing these things for the Lord? What we have to remember is that what we're talking about here is eternal justice. Not a justice for the moment. We don't have control over that. God has eternal justice. And that extends beyond what we're able to control for ourselves. And so part of the Christian life is, am I willing to trust and to hope in this eternal justice of God, the landowner? But we've got this sense anyway. When you parent your children, for those of you that had more, more than one child, do you parent each child the same? Probably not. If you did, probably a mistake. You parent them different. So what do your children tell you? That's not fair. Because it's different. But why do you parent them different? Because it's about your relationship with them, you understanding who they are as a person, what they require, what they need, and the things that you have learned, and that changes with each child. Materially speaking, it's unfair. They're all your children. They should all be treated equally. If you love them equally, you should treat them equally. But that's only on a material level. What you're desiring is their flourishing and their fruitfulness in life, which requires you to parent each one of them differently according to who they are and what they experience in their life. So if God is going to do likewise for each one of his children that he desires to flourish and to be fruitful in this life and in the next, why would we expect anything different from God? He is going to go to each one of his children and parent them differently. And materially speaking, it will be unfair. But eternal justice is absolute, right? The 
classic question that's asked about this fairness is, so you're telling me that if somebody is awful their whole life, but on their deathbed, they go to confession, they're going to go to heaven? Yep. And you're telling me that if I'm good my whole life and that I do something bad and then I die, I'm not going to heaven? Maybe not. Because it's not reward and punishment. It's your relationship to the landowner. Are you doing it for the reward? Are you doing it for the sake of the relationship with the landowner? What do they grumble against? What do the ones that come at the beginning of the day grumble against? The landowner says, are you envious because I am generous? Generous comes from the word to give birth, to beget the origin and the source. And so to grumble against the one who is generous is to grumble against the one who is able to provide. And so if we stay in the realm and grumble against this reward punishment, which creeps into our minds all the time, right? How much good do I have to do to get into heaven? How much bad do I have to avoid to not end up in hell? This is missing the point. It's am I grateful to be in the vineyard, working for the landowner and the fruits that he will give out as he deems just. This is what Jesus is trying to remind us of, which is what St. Paul lives by when he says to live as Christ and to die as gain. It's not about fairness. Whether I'm alive in this life, I get to spend my life for you. If I die, I get to be eternally with God in heaven. Where's the downfall? God gets to choose what is eternally just. That I live a long life or I live a short life, God chooses what is just in the realm of eternity. All that I can do is live by the grace that is given now. And that idea is threaded through our Christian spirituality for centuries and it's taken on different shapes and forms. One way that it's expressed is this idea of the sacrament of the present moment. I can't worry about what's past, I can't worry about what's future, but God gives a sacrament, a grace for right now. Or it's Saint Therese of Lisieux's idea of I do small things with great love. That the task that I have in front of me the relationship that I have in front of me, I pour as much of myself, as much love as I can here. I don't pour love into my past because that doesn't do anything. I don't pour love into the future because I have no control over that. I pour my love here because to live is Christ, to die is gain. I'm not worried about fairness because it's not mine to determine. I'm in the vineyard. And I'm grateful. So when we find ourselves tempted by this reward-punishment idea, or when we find ourselves tempted by, this isn't fair, what are we living for? Who are we living for?